Welcome to the Educational Leadership Moment, where you'll gain valuable insights on research-based and experientially learned educational leadership principles and best practices that promote student success. I'm Dr. Kim Moore, your host. With my extensive experience as a classroom teacher, school administrator, and central office staff member, I'm dedicated to sharing effective strategies to ensure student achievement. So, grab your favorite beverage, a pen or a pencil, and a notepad, and get ready to take notes. And if you find this moment valuable, and I am confident that you will, please like, subscribe, and share with your colleagues, friends, and family. Thank you for joining me on the Educational Leadership Moment. Now, get ready to take your educational leadership to the next level. And remember, when students are led well, they learn well. such a warm welcome. As Brian said, I'm Kim Moore, and I'm passionate about two things, education and leadership. Now, today I'm going to talk to you about transforming schools to engage students. And I know some of you are thinking out there, well, why is this important to me? My child goes to a great school, or my grandchildren go to great schools. I hope that by the end of my talk, you'll feel inspired and understand why this should be important to you. But let me tell you why it's important to me. Because I am a product of an urban school. In fact, I was born in Chester, Pennsylvania, in a city, an urban city very much like parts of Tampa. I attended urban schools most of my life. And I can tell you that without the education that I received, I would not be standing here today. So for me, this is a very important, but also personal question to be answered. Now, the topic of school reform has been going on for the last 30 plus years. In the early 1980s, the president commissioned a group of experts to come together and to assess the state of education in America. They, were, they produced a report some of you know it as a nation at risk. It serves as the foundation of all the reforms that we have done to present time. This report included five recommendations that they felt needed to be put in place to improve the state of our educational system. Why was this so important? Because back in the early 80s, we realized there were things that needed to be done to change our educational system to ensure that our students would be prepared to compete in a global economy. So what did the report say? Well, first it said in the area of content that we needed to standardize graduation requirements and we needed to increase rigor in the classroom. 
The second recommendation had to do with high expectations because there was plenty of research to show that when teachers have high expectations of students, students rise to the occasion. We also needed to have specific and measurable ways to determine how much a student was learning. The third recommendation dealt with time. The report said that we needed to maximize the time that students were in school to either lengthen the school day or lengthen the school year. The fourth was teacher quality. We needed to change the way we prepared teachers to make their pre-service training more effective, but also to take teaching and make it a rewarding and a profitable career field to attract the best and the brightest. And the last recommendation dealt with leadership and fiscal responsibility. And that recommendation said that educators and public officials needed to be held accountable for the reforms, but also provide the fiscal support for the reforms to take place. Now that was over 30 years ago. Many of these initiatives have been put into place. For example, in the state of Florida, we now have standardized graduation requirements. Every student has to take four, math, four English classes, three math classes, three social, class, social science classes, as well as electives, or a total of 24 credits and a GPA, state GPA of a 2.0. We've increased rigor in the classrooms. We now have standardized assessments to let us know how students are performing. We've had a seat time. 184 days of school per year. We offer professional development and coaching for our teachers to ensure that we're equipping them so that they can provide the best education possible for our students. We've also increased funding for schools that are struggling. But yet, there are schools that are still not hitting the mark. And you have to ask yourself, why? We've done all the things that the report said that we needed to do. Why are we still struggling? Well, I'd like to introduce you to a school. The school's name is Middleton High School. It is the pre-collegiate STEM Academy for Hillsborough County Public Schools. For those of you that are not familiar with Hillsborough County Public Schools, we are located in Tampa Bay, Florida. We are the eighth largest school district in the nation and Middleton High School is one of 27 high schools. Where's Middleton High School located? It is located in East Tampa, which is the heart of Tampa City, or Tampa Bay City. East Tampa is a community that has struggled with poverty. Currently, the demographics are 68% African American, approximately 10% Caucasian, and the rest are a mix of Hispanics, Asians, and other races. The average per capita income is a little over $11,000 a year. 25% of the households have a high school diploma. And the unemployment rate is over 20%. Now, Middleton services that community. We're also a magnet school. So we draw students from the entire county. What does Middleton look like? 
Well, we're 67% African-American, about 15% Hispanic, and about 11%, 12% Caucasian, and then a combination of everything else. I joined Middleton's administrative team in 2008. After I left the classroom, I went to the central office, which is our headquarters, our district office, and I did a variety of jobs in the Office of Federal Programs. And I worked with Middleton High School really as a district person. But in 2008, I decided I would go back to a school site. And I joined the administrative team at Middleton High School. Now I have to tell you, that year, at the end of that school year, we had over 10,000 discipline incidents. twice the number of any other high school in the district. That's pretty sad. So what do we do about it? Well, the district gave us additional support in the form of resources, personnel, funding, technology, programs, all of those things that you think of that are going to add and help a school. Yet, our academic performance did not improve. And unfortunately, that next year, we ended up becoming what's called an intervened school. Intervened schools from the, child, the No Child Left Behind law were schools that had the bottom graduation rates. So we were in the bottom 5% of schools nationally with our graduation rate. Pretty bad. But however, I'm here to tell you that that was really a blessing for us. Because what happened is, from that point on, we began to turn around. Working with the district and the state we restructured our administrative team. We changed our vision and our mission. We realigned our practices to meet our students' needs. We didn't use a one-size-fits-all. We looked at the data and came up with a data-driven plan using research-based best practices to guide our instruction. Now, I'm not here to stand up and tell you that it was an easy journey, because it wasn't. It was a lot of work, and it took a lot of time. And it required us to make some very, very tough decisions. We realigned staff, so some people had to leave, and some people came. We realigned every practice, we looked at every decision, and we asked ourselves every day, why are we doing what we are doing? To quote John Maxwell, it is your daily agenda that determines your level of success. So every day, we asked ourselves those questions. Did we do everything that we could do that day to change the life of a student that we have been entrusted with? And as we did that over time, things began to change. 
discipline went down. We're now down in the bottom of the 27 high schools. Academics began to improve. The climate of the school changed. And now the culture of the school has changed. Where are we at today? Well, we are a United States Department of Education turnaround model school. We are a two-time magnet school of excellence. We have a first-class robotics program. In fact, the last three years, we have been number one, two, and three in the world, beating teams from China, Latin America, Europe, and across the United States. We have national winners from student organizations like Future Business Leaders of America and Skills USA. I have one young man on my campus who's rated number one in networking out of all of the high schools across this nation. So how did we get there? We had resources before that the district had given Extra funding, personnel, everything that you could ask for. The report A Nation at Risk said, if you do these things, education is going to get better. Well, the report missed one very important ingredient the main ingredient, which is leadership. Because everything rises and falls on leadership. Everything. The leader of the school, the principal, sets the vision and has the ability to empower everyone on that campus to be a leader. Without leadership, we perish. Leadership is the main ingredient. If you come on our campus today, you're going to see clerical staff, food service, custodians, mentoring students, taking ownership and responsible responsibility for their areas. Everyone understands how important they are to the success of every student that walks on this campus. So I told you I would hope to inspire you. Let me share a brief story with you of a young man. This is a young man who was living in East Tampa. His mother was a drug addict. The young man was accustomed to taking care of her. So every morning he would get up, he would fix her breakfast and some coffee, sit it by the night table for her, kiss her goodbye and come to sleep. One particular morning, he goes into her room, and she has passed away. He makes all the calls that he needs to make, rings in the county, the school is notified. We're not expecting to see this young man, yet he comes to school. Why? Because what he told us was that he had nowhere else to go. He wanted to be someplace safe and where people came. So I asked you today, 
Why is it important that we transform our schools for every student? Not just the ones that live in this neighborhood or in this zip code, but for every child. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this educational leadership moment. If you enjoyed listening, subscribe to my moments on your favorite platform to receive notifications when we release new moments. Also, don't forget to check out our past moments, which are available for free on all major platforms. In these timeless episodes, We cover a range of topics related to educational leadership that are just as relevant today as when they were first released. To learn more about improving student success, please visit my website at kimdmoore.com. There are resources and information for you, your team, and your organization. I'm Dr. Kim Moore your educational leadership guide. And I believe that when students are led well, they learn well. Have a blessed day.